0: can i get it open no man presents live from the nudie bar the
1: married with children podcast
2: Here are your hosts, Jerry,
1: Justin, and Al.
2: Alright guys, here we are to close out Season 1 of Married With Children. I cannot believe we are already here. Uh, The only reason it seems like it went by quick is because it is, guys. Uh, There's only like 13 episodes to Season 1, and from there... That never happens again. I think they're all like 22 episodes a season or something like that. So, that's not normal. So, to uh, finish out the first season of with Children, I am joined by the guy who holds the record for
3: chugging 10 bags of spuds, Jerry. What's up, Jerry? You know, I've never got why people said chugging. I mean, I chewed like every minute at least.
1: Chug a spud. And I... (laughs) Uh, we're also with the guy who
2: can't get his camera to work. Justin, what's up, man?
1: Can't get his camera to work.
2: Oh, now that's I wanted to go real obscure with you because of what you said the camera one time. to work. Go
1: oh, on, just wait a minute. Just, just go over
3: to Marcy's and get the Japanese guys to help you.
1: Oh, yes, Damn. yes, yes, yes. You know what? That was funny. I was like, all right, this is the last episode of the season. Paying attention ah. to every detail and this thing, and I'm going get the joke ah. this time. And I, I didn't. I didn't again. Damn it!
2: I found a way to get around it. <laughs> uh, okay, guys. This episode is called Johnny Be Gone. When his favorite hamburger joint closes, Al must choose between family and food. Guys, I have great news. By the way, for now on, you know. I, I like to start everything fresh on a new season or stuff like that. Just start fresh with new beginnings. But I'm going to end the right way and a new way right now. Instead of reading IMDB's description of these episodes, which is horrific like we talked about a couple episodes ago, I am just going to read straight from the DVD sets I got because they have a description for every single episode. Like why am I not getting it from the horse's mouth? Why am I listening to some guy who just submitted these things?
1: Damn, groundbreaking stuff here.
2: Yep, this is a major announcement. We could devote some time to it, but we don't have that kind of time right now because Johnny B. Goods is closing. It is Al and Peg's favorite burger joint ever. They actually met there, so there's some historic value to Johnny B. Goods. Uh, And it's not just a burger place, guys. They have french fries. Yep, Uh, and they're good, too. Yeah, you won that contest. Ten. Ten. Ten bags yep
4: we've got 25 minutes to get to the closing of Johnny B. Goods they're tearing it down tomorrow morning the burger place? oh it is much more than a burger place they've got fries you know it's really a shame that they would tear down a landmark like that people come from miles around just to get a burger and to look at the grease stain on the wall where Al used to rest his head and to think some people waste their time going to Yellowstone You know, it's really going to be a night to remember After all the people who have tickets get in They're going to close all the doors Then people all over town are going to honk their horns in a fond farewell Sort of like Al does in a funeral procession Oh, well it sounds like you've got a lot of memories there More than anywhere else After all, it's where I met the man I wanted to spend the rest of my life with Mm -hmm. And I met Al there too
2: It's funny how things kind of like work out The whole episode is about Peg and Al basically rushing to get out and get to this place before it closes, and this is the only episode we've done so far where the whole time I'm watching it, I was like rushing it along because you guys were already set and ready to go, (laughs) and then I got home, and I had to hurry up and watch this and get on the show, so I actually lived out the anxiety that came with this episode, (laughs) so... I was there firsthand, guys, trying to get these kids out. Here.
1: See, that happens to me a lot when I'm preparing for uh, podcasts in general. So I know that feeling.
2: It's, it's a rough feeling. And there it, it, it was some anxiety there. But, uh, you know, we're here and we're having a good time. So. <laughs> so
4: I see you're all ready for your big night. Well, it's not just my big night. I hope my dinner party goes well. See, if I get the manager's position at Kyoto National, then Steve is in line for my old job at our bank. Of course, I was hoping they'd give it to a woman, but out of respect for Steve, I'm staying neutral. That (laughs) sucks.
2: So Marcy, for some reason, leaves a fish at the Bundy's house. She says her fridge was too full, whatever. Somehow, which is unbelievable, none of the Bundys eat the fish. But then again, I don't think they would eat something
1: like fish, do you? No, no, they were like, what is this? I've never seen this before. (laughs) I was
3: questioning how food lasted in their refrigerator like that. But I immediately forgot because I kept looking at what Marcy's wearing and was just like, did you rob your grandmother's coffin <laughs> for that? Like They
1: probably never opened the fridge door because they're like, there's nothing in here anyway, you know?
3: But, well, but Al's, Al makes the uh, – Peggy says that Al liked it because it made it, the refrigerator smell foodie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, foodies.
2: They actually have a place called Foodies eventually. Oh, jeez. <laughs> in the Bundys, I mean, yeah what marcy is wearing is the most ridiculous dress and the thing that's funny about it is that she actually has some kind of opinion about other clothes in this episode which is ridiculous because she's putting down peg's clothes and putting down a dress that steve comes in with later on and it's like well honey are, have you looked in the mirror <laughs> you you who, who you have room to talk so she's wearing this weird pink uh, little bow beep dress and she's going to carry out the fish and it's kind of weird. They kind of really um, spell out the joke or really set it up in a real, like, uh, spoon-fed kind of way. And it's very awkward now that you look back on it. Peg is in her kitchen, and she walks to the living room, and she sees a basket of laundry. And she has to point it out and says, "I why, why won't somebody
3: move this?
1: Uh, <laughs> I didn't even notice she said that, honestly.
3: I laughed really hard. And then when Marcy tripped over it, I, it kind of cheapened that joke for me. Right. It's like a groaner now. But then I was also immediately like, I, right when I saw that and she fell and the fish fell, I was like, oh yeah, fish. Uh, she's a vegetarian. Now, can vegetarian eat fish? Does that not count as an animal?
5: Yes, Here's it does. Here's
3: what's <laughs> up. Uh, there, There's a vegetarian and there's a, there's a pesetarian. And I know this because my fiance, Reese, is a pesetarian. Pesetarians are basically vegetarians, except fish don't count because, I guess, fish are assholes, so who cares if they get eaten? Right. So she eats seafood and sushi and stuff like that, and they say they do it because of, like, you know how people take, like, the fish oil pills for Mm. their fingernails and hairs? Basically, she doesn't like to eat the pills because they're too big to swallow or something, and so she eats fish instead, and so she's a pesetarian. But on Marcy, I thought about this, and technically, just because she's serving fish at a dinner party does not mean she is eating it. So technically, she could still be a vegetarian.
1: That's true. I mean, they are Asian, so I know Asian is, fish is a huge part of Asian culture.
2: Well, I pointed out a few episodes ago that Steve uh, brought a fish to the Bundy's house in a future episode to eat on Al's Grill. But uh so they 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 do eat fish actually in that house. So they just might not know back in 1987 that they're called pessimists. They pessimists, <laughs> called pessimists.
3: or whatever you say,
2: <laughs> So um Marcy, yeah, it's a the joke becomes like a groaner, like it's an eye roller uh once you put it together that peg set that up that way. But whatever, it doesn't mean anything, but it was just very odd. Yeah. Like she backs over Peg's laundry and spills the fish guts all over herself, and that dress—some she found, she actually found a
1: way to make that dress uglier. Yeah, dude, that fish thing was annoying me the whole episode. They keep picking up the fish. I'm like, sit the goddamn fish down, please. (laughs)
2: Like, why do they keep playing with it? (laughs) Yeah, it's
1: annoying. It it was like, it was like messing with my anxiety the whole time. I'm like, you just please, you already dropped it on your watch. Just put the fish on the table.
2: Right, is it like I don't know if it's supposed to be funny that they're playing with. It. Like, even the only thing, the only payoff about them playing with it, honestly, they, they tried two jokes with it. One is that uh, Peg writes Al loves Peg or some, piggy or something. Uh, it's supposed to be an E, so that's it's sort of funny, I guess. But then the the real good joke is when. Al says that even nerds get married to Kelly, and she goes, yeah, one day I'll be sitting on a couch with my natural hair color stroking or playing fondling a fish. That's (laughs) something to look forward to. Like, that actually worked. Yeah. Yeah, with the fish
3: fund. I almost felt like uh, they meant to have a payoff with the fish down the line in the episode. They just forgot it and it it got off the hook or something. I don't know what happened. Wait, wait,
1: got off the hook? Did you say? Yeah, got off the hook, and (laughs) uh,
3: they forgot about it. Um, Like that's that's what I thought. Well, you know what? They they
2: really did go overboard with the fish show.
3: They really did. Like, and there were some real sinkers in
0: there. We're never gonna make it. I got an idea.
4: Do you see a fish eye?
0: No, but I see a chicken leg. Hello, Johnny B. Goods? Who's this? Hey, Spike, it's Al. Hey, you got a minute? The hell with the People magazine interview. You gotta do me a favor. Hey, you know my friend, Fat Charlie? Yeah, the fat one. Yeah. He's got got number 50 and I got number 8. Would you mind if I trade it with him? Great. Yeah, would you go out in the parking lot and tell him? Yeah, fine. Yeah, I'll get there when I can, okay? Rock and roll forever.
2: Yeah, Al is number eight. That's the best ticket you could possibly get, besides one through seven. And uh, (laughs) so it's this whole big thing. They're closing it down. They're tearing it down. And then one last time, they're serving burgers and fries. I mean, if they're going out of business, I would just say I'm closing down every week and have all these people show up. I mean, they had like 190 people show up. Yeah. Just keep on saying, like, be like the Rolling Stones. Have like a million farewell tours and just stay in business.
1: Man, dude, I, I like this whole time I wanted to go to this place though.
2: It did sound fun. I like there's no burger joints around me that um aren't just chain places. Like everything is a chain. Mm-hmm. Even if you find one that you think is semi unique,
3: you'll eventually find out that there's other ones, other places. Yeah. That that actually happened to me. There's a place when we went to um down near Orlando, Florida, we went to this place called Johnny Rockets and it was like this whole like 50s style like cool burger joint like where the 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 servers and stuff did like 50s talk and dance and stuff and -hmm. it was awesome and then i move up here to nashville and i go to the mall
1: and they have a johnny rockets in the mall yeah i know i know of that place as well i've never been but i know of it
2: i loved it but at the time i was younger when it was around so it was too expensive for me i was like um 18 years old and I was able to, you know, drive now and go to the mall whenever I wanted. But and I loved the whole atmosphere, and I was really big into Happy Days at the time, so it would seem ideal for me to go in there and act like I'm at uh, Arnold's or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I did it one. Is this still exist? Yeah, like I have a Johnny Rockets at my mall. Oh, maybe now that I have like a real job, I should go in there.
3: <laughs> yeah, especially <laughs> how you go to that one diner like three times a week. Well, that's where Friday Thirteenth
2: was filmed. I have to go there. <laughs> there's a
1: there's a there's a few like when you get more towards Pittsburgh. Um, I live in Southwest Pennsylvania, and when you get a little bit more into the city, there's there's unique sort of mom and pop shops like that that have different burgers and and there's a gyro place that I went to and stuff like that. So so they are around here, but um just pretty far out of the way to go get a burger you know unless i'm going there for something else but i do wish that i had like a, a burger spot or something like that um yeah. around this area that you know isn't a chain because the chain chains are just different you know they like even if they are good they're like good for a chain they're not it like it feels
2: assembly line yeah
3: yeah with with the chains i just never feel like a link between us <laughs> <sighs> <It's>
1: unbelievable
3: <laughs> al ran into a mercedes and doesn't care because they should have bought American. he left a note saying next time buy american on a japanese person's car (laughs) like
1: yeah hey
0: hurry up we got to get to the restaurant we're in the group that's going in first number eight you're kidding. How did you get such a low number? Well, you know how Bud's always complaining I don't let him stay out late enough. So I told him he could sleep on the sidewalk last night at Johnny B. Good's and he got his number eight. <laughs>
4: Bud wasn't home last night?
0: Oh, well. At least he was doing something worthwhile. Man, I'm starved. I can't wait to sink my teeth into one of those burgers one last time and those great fries. You know, I still hold the record. I think I can still eat ten bags in one sitting. Oh.
4: Oh, you are
5: great,
0: yeah. honey. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that was funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, Bud
2: never complains he never gets to stay out late.
1: Yeah, I was just like, Wow, And mean then... Bud wasn't home last night? <laughs> mm. oh. oh,
3: well, it was for a good cause.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, it really worked out in the end.
3: Oh, like, there's so much good, like, I gotta cover a few of the jokes before we get to Kelly. Okay. One, we hear about the tin bags in one sitting. Which, I want to ask either one, do you think you could eat, like, we won't even go with bags. Let's say a large McDonald's fries. Right. Could you eat ten large McDonald's fries
1: in a row? Mm, Probably not. But have you guys ever been to Five Guys?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I have that.
1: If you get, like, a large fry, it's like they dump a bunch. They put a little cup in a bag and then just (laughs) dump fries on top of it. They really do. I got one of those to split with a friend once, and we didn't even finish that bag, so. Wow. I always feel bad after I I eat some of them, because I look at
3: the bag, and it's just like, you can see the grease rising, just staining the bag.
2: Yeah, when the bag is see-through, then you know you should start shopping
3: for coffins. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's horrible for you, but, yeah. Did anyone else notice... What was written on the towel Marcy was yes. wearing? I know y'all were trying to look away.
1: Yes, it was uh, the No Tell Motel. From uh, what episode was that? That was it was, a while the,
3: ago. it was the Come and Go Motel. Oh yeah, what? the Come and Go. What, what is the no and Go Motel?
2: It's called Married Without Children, episode seven. So they called back to episode seven. That's great. Oh, uh, that's yeah. Awesome. And that's Al's favorite towel too.
4: Huh. My life is over. That's nice, honey. Uh, If you're hungry, there's sandwiches on the table and little fish bits on the floor. (laughs) Life stinks.
0: Yeah, well, it doesn't get any better. We'll be at Johnny B. Goats. Wait a minute, Al. We can't go with Kelly like this. Why not? Life will stink tomorrow. (laughs) I know mine will. (laughs) All right, all right. Kelly, this usually takes an hour. I say, what's the matter? You say, nothing. I say, come on, honey, I know something's wrong. What is it? You say, nothing. So let's cut the crap. What's wrong?
5: Nothing.
4: (laughs) Come on, honey,
0: I know something's wrong. What is it? And keep in mind, I haven't eaten anything all day.
4: Okay. Well, Judy's having a party for all the kids who count, and I wasn't invited. Well, honey, if they were really your friends, they would have invited invited
5: you. you.
4: Well, thanks a lot, Mom. So what you're trying to tell me is that I have no friends. It's great. Why don't you really cheer me up and tell me again how lucky I am to have inherited the Bundy forehead?
2: <laughs> For some reason, Alan Peg care about the emotional stability of their daughter, which is is really strange, but I guess that's nice, and it's also a nice way to end the season, actually. I don't know if you guys know this, but it, it happens on the Simpsons a lot. They're almost required or somebody has the the good idea or something to have a heartfelt episode at least once a season. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the Bundys sort of did that with the 16 years and what do you get episode. But I guess now they have to address that they care about their kids too, I guess. It's good, I suppose, to finish a season that way. That way you have a good taste in your mouth for the family itself. Mm -hmm. Because you're supposed to really love this family.
1: You know, I I get what you're saying, um, but this episode didn't really feel like a season finale. Like if I would uh watch this and I and you know not know how many episodes were on the season, I'd get to this one like I wouldn't be like, "Yep, that was the finale." You right. know what I mean? Isn't that kind of weird? I don't yeah. know if the rest of the seasons actually have like finales, but um I know that of the time in the 80s sometimes it was common to not actually have like a big episode finale type thing, so Yeah.
3: I thought the reason that it didn't feel like a finale is cuz Season 1 has no overarching story. It is literally just every episode is a situation that has no tie to any other episode and they'll just reference it every once in a while.
1: Yeah, like so sh- 16 years and what do you get? Be the finale. Doesn't yeah, that feel like a finale yeah. episode?
3: Yeah, that should have been the impact episode and with this one, like it almost feels like they're trying to make you like look, they care about their family, but if you look at like them caring about their children Al doesn't care. He's trying to leave. And then Peg's like, I'm going to help her. And then when Peg fails, then Peg guilts Al into doing it. And so then Al does it. And then when he fails, he tries to get out again. He's like, oh, I tried. Thanks. Let's go.
2: Yeah, it's really weird. Like, why show us that they're taking an interest in the emotional stability of their children when they're half-heartedly doing it and then the other parents failing at it? So it's... (laughs) It's kind of weird.
1: This problems that they're having isn't necessarily, like, major issues, right? Like, uh, Kelly's being kind of uh, just, you know, shallow friend. It's all about, like, not being invited somewhere and not being popular, you know what I mean? And Bud is just wants to, do you know, finish his car so he can go to his thing. It's not like these are life-threatening, major suicidal-type issues or anything like that. Um, So I think that's partially one of the reasons why he's quick to brush it off considering this what he's trying to do is such a big important moment between him and peg yeah that's what i'm getting to is that that this is a big moment for him and peg and for because
3: they're going to where they first met this is like peggy is actually talking good about this place and it involves al peggy does not do that a lot we've heard her many times talk about like they in this season their idea of going out and doing something special was the come and go motel Right, and in this episode, they're going to the the place where they met, where they have great memories. Yeah, a little more wholesome. Like a little bit more wholesome. Al has pride here because he knows everyone, and he's a he's a champion uh, bag eater. And even Peggy was like, "I'm gonna cheer him on." Like, mm-hmm. so
1: there is. It actually- seemed a bit a little bit bigger than just he wanted to go eat burgers too. Like, it actually felt like he wanted. Like, he did care about the tradition with Peg.
2: Right.
3: Yes, exactly.
2: It's weird that they even... The whole dynamic is almost off. It's like, you're showing us you care, but you really don't. You One sucks at it, and then overall, the things you're supposed to care about aren't all that big of a deal so now the the viewers almost getting annoyed and we just want to say all right all right come on can we just get to let them get there
3: yeah i think uh th- th- it's very understated how important this night is for Alan and peggy
2: right that too it's very understated
3: yeah because the whole time like you're just like let them go to their place and they never get to go because of their children because they're married with
1: children and that's their life yeah, he's like, he's like didn't want to get married, got a wife. Didn't want to have kids, now got two. <laughs> how did
2: this happen? <laughs> yeah, how does it happen? <laughs> you know, Al and Peg are just consoling her pretty much and things like that. And then Al has to call his friend Spike and trade his number eight ticket for a number 50 ticket.
3: Do y'all think Kelly's forehead is big? They talk about the Bundy forehead. Like,
1: like it's a dolphin's forehead, but I'm like, I don't think her forehead's that big. No, it's definitely not. But it's just like you know, it's the classic like girl thinking everything's wrong with her type thing. You know, even if it's not.
2: Yeah, I've I've seen that maybe on this show a lot, or it comes and goes. Like even they'll talk about uh, Bud's face and the zits all over him, and you never see a pimple on. Like that, yeah. They do that stuff sometimes. They talk about things about their appearance that just don't make any sense. So, yeah, that's that's gonna be a normal. Yeah, thing.
3: but they named it. They named it the Bundy forehead. I was just like, what?
2: They gave that more attention than they gave the urgency of Alan Peck getting there.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm like, come on. So Marcy,
2: uh, these ta- ta- Takishi Takishi brothers are at her house and. Um, like we said, the good joke, you know, uh, Steve's like, what do I do with these people till you get there? And she's like, well, get out our camera and ask him how to use it or, or show them, you know, slides of our river rafting or whatever. So uh, it turns out also that uh, Marcy put – she mixed in childbirth slides with those slides. So that was – that must have been interesting. Hey, did we ever find out at the end if, if she got the job or not or she just went away unhappy because she had to wear those clothes? We don't find out anything
3: in this episode. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, so one of the best lines were when Peg and Al are going somewhere, doing something, and they're leaving the room, and then they tell Marcy she could sit on the couch next to the dog, just don't pet him because then he will expect it from us. <laughs> like that is so That's cold, good, man.
3: I was I was sitting downstairs today uh, watching this, and I and I had a dog in my lap that I was petting. Oh my! god. When that line happened, and I was
1: just like. Yep, that seems about right.
2: <laughs> like
3: how cold is
2: that? That's man? pretty That's cold. cold.
1: <laughs> well, she does feed him steaks though. I mean, come on.
2: Yeah, you can't have it all.
1: <laughs>
2: you know? Come
4: on! Mom! How could you? You made her mother invite me? It was bad enough not being invited in the first place, but now I'm the crybaby at her mother calling back to invite the nerd. That's what I am now. The nerd. I spent 15 years bleaching and dying and piercing just to create this awesome image and it is shot to hell with one phone call. <laughs> oh, daddy.
3: That
2: is the absolute worst
1: thing. You oh, do. man. Yeah, that's... Like, sometimes when I watch these type of shows and, like, the kids complain about stuff that their parents do, like, you're embarrassing me. I'm like, oh, will get over it. But stuff like that is like, oh, yeah, that wouldn't even... I would be... I'd be pretty upset about that myself. Okay. <laughs>
3: Oh, no, I'm I'm with you completely. Like, that's, like, there is nothing worse than your parents coming to fix a problem for you that involves them contacting
1: the other person's parents. Yeah, it could only be worse if, like, she was about to get beat up by a, another person and then she, uh, right. the mom. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the only way it could get worse.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's about the only other, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's okay. now. Now she's a nerd, so she can... Yeah. She can uh, ask everyone uh, if they've read any good books. Hey, Alex, have you read any good books lately? You know, actually, I have. Oh, what'd you read? Uh, Bat Boy Exposed. It's a Weekly World News book. Do you want to kill me with it? Sure. Yo, I actually used to read those like mag. I used to make my mom buy me those when I was a kid. Dude, Weekly
2: World News and Bat Boy are legendary. Yeah. Oh yeah.
3: Oh, I was. I'm absolutely serious. I love
2: those. No, I'm. I. I am too. It's all fake news stories like look just look that up guys the weekly world news it's all part of the Marrow children world because it it all took place during these episodes while they were coming out like that was that was one of the great things of the 80s and 90s was these fake newspapers and they're defunct i think they have a website now but uh, they have all the funniest things like my husband is a space alien and like they would have a guy take a picture of you know unzipping a human's face off of him and there's an alien's head underneath it like, I Married Bigfoot, uh, you know... Uh, it's
1: like, uh, Six Sad World from Daria. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it's like, pretty much.
4: Hi, Dad. Mom. Hi, Bud. Honey, there's dinner on the table right next to your sister's head.
5: Where'd you put my car?
2: What
4: car? Dad, tonight's the finals for the Runham and Wreck'em Rally. I've got post position in an hour. Are there gonna be any nerds there? I'll come. You weren't invited, Kel.
0: Bud... Are you sure I promised you?
4: Dad, you said you'd fix it last night if I sit on the cold pavement in front of Johnny B. Goods with a bunch of sad old or singing Beach Boy songs.
0: But did I promise? Get the car, bud. We're never gonna make it. I probably don't have enough time to fix the car. Here, Peg. You go and have a good time.
4: Oh, that's sweet, Al. But I can't go without you. My memories of Johnny B. Goods are of us being together.
0: I'm glad to hear you say that, Peg, because I had no intention of giving you this ticket.
5: <laughs> Hurry up, bud!
0: Never wanted to get married, I'm married. Never wanted to have kids, I get two of them. How the hell did this happen?
5: <laughs>
0: Hello, Spike, Al. Listen, is no John Mackenzie there? Yeah, the one with no jaw. <laughs> y- is she there? Great. Uh, uh, listen... She's got number 110. Tell her I'll trade my number fifty-four. okay? Yeah, thanks. Yeah, uh, yeah, rock and roll, yeah, something.
2: One of the better lines, again, is, uh, you know, they're interacting some more, and then, uh, you know, something happens, and then Al says to Marcy, because, you know, Mar- at this point, Marcy, I'm oh, sorry, we weren't very descriptive. Marcy is just wearing a towel only, just wearing a towel, because her clothes were hand-washed and in, in the dryer, because, like we said, she spilled fish on it al says to her what's holding that towel up
1: (laughs) i didn't get that is he saying she doesn't have boobs yeah damn yeah that's cold
3: (laughs) my this this episode has so many good lines it's almost like the beginning of episode eight the poker game yeah but one of my favorite lines al's trying to read through the instructions on how to fix this uh car and he goes these aren't instructions it's the history of world war ii
4: Nice to spend these father son moments
0: together, Dad. Shut up, I'm trying to read. Oh, great, this is Japanese. Oh, here we go. Uh, these aren't instructions, it's the history of World War II.
5: Oh,
0: here it is. Attention, vous avez. Well, hell, more people we should have killed.
5: Where's
2: American?
0: I was like, yo, Jesus, what the hell?
2: Even the audience was kind of taken
3: back. Like, yeah! Wow! I was like, "Man, Alice Savage!" But then, right after that, I think there's no way this could get better. And then Kelly starts complaining that, "Oh yeah, you fix your male, ch- pro- your male child's problems, while your daughter takes the back seat." And Bud, yeah. who who is a, a chip off the old block from his dad, <laughs> quickly just says, "Well, you should be used to that, Kel." Mm. and i'm just like oh my god they did yes. not just say that you're gonna love this the kelly is a slut
2: jokes that go on with her and bud and it actually makes her hotter in a weird way wait like, hold up
1: are we when are we not pedophiles anymore
2: uh see um well she's 17 she's
3: 16 right now
2: right now she didn't have a birthday yet no I'm she, pretty the, sure the she's actress 16.
1: is 16 as well
2: Well, I wrote it on our Facebook page. I told everybody when there's a a certain moment and when we are no longer
3: pedophiles that we could talk about Kelly and and it's okay. By the way, we're technically not pedophiles because she's past puberty. We're statutory rapists.
1: Oh, that sounds better.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Vocal statutory rapists. So uh, I think we're allowed to talk about her. I think guaranteed season three, but I really believe that her birthday is somewhere in the early part of the year or the right part of the year where around season 2 we could start talking about her. Even though we still I'm still 20 years older than her, so I really shouldn't.
3: <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> but in actuality, you're close to her actual age in real life though. Now. Well, yeah, but I'm saying, well, yeah, we're watching back in the past, but But check it out. Me talking
2: about Kelly is like Al talking about her that way. <laughs> Like, how messed up is that? I'm literally, when I started this show, um, or when this show started, 1987, I was eight years old. So, oh, wow, even Bud is older than me. Huh. (laughs) And I was going to say, and now I'm going to be Al's age, like right now. So, Peg realizes, you know, with this whole thing... Uh, Now with Bud and these instructions and everything for fixing a truck, I don't even know what they did to the truck except put a battery. I I, like I don't even know what Al did, but
1: he was uh, just—I was watching his hands a lot. He was just sort of fiddling with it. He's not actually doing anything most of the time.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So Peg calls up Spike, trades one ten for ticket number one ninety eight, and that was easy Edie's ticket. So. Steve comes in with that ugly dress I was talking about earlier. Marcy complains about it, which we said she has no right to do. And he says he grabbed the first thing he saw. And I was like, yeah, that's how I got married. or That's how, you know. that's how I got pegged. Yeah, that's how I got pegged.
3: <laughs> Justin, I don't know how well versed you are in power dresses, but did you feel like this was a power dress? I don't know what the hell a power dress is. A power dress is a dress with power, Justin. It's
2: the kind of dress that that makes you, um, you know how people say dress for the job you want, not the one you have? It's almost like it's supposed to, like if you're at a power meeting, you're not going to dress like a slob. You're not going to not wear a tie. You're not going to wear your not best jacket a power meeting you are dressed to the nines your hair is perfect you got cologne on you're shaven you got your best shoes on they're spit shined. like that's power dressing when you go into a meeting to get a promotion and you're like at your top at your best presentable wise marcy
3: was not that yeah br- this broad had on a uh a, a merry little lamb dress on originally <laughs> and she considered that a power dress she had a she had a Merry Little Lamb dress on that was literally from 1952.
2: That makes zero... She's just an idiot. I don't even know what any of this is supposed to mean with this dress thing. Like, it couldn't have been more hideous to begin with. And then we're supposed to think something of it when it looks worse at the end, I guess. Like, why not have a nice-looking dress (laughs) that got messed up so we could get the complete juxtaposition between when it looked good before the fish and now after? Why give us... Uh, a hideous thing to
3: begin with well here's the other issue i have though like you would think marcy wouldn't wear a dress if she's meeting like a business male she would wear a business suit yeah like rosie o'donnell no but but even um, uh, <laughs> and peggy sue got work she wore a like she wore more business attire than that you would think she would wear something like that to meet business people for a business promotion
2: yeah, this really is is way off. I don't, yeah, it's very odd. I don't know. It's and it, and the odd part is that what makes it even more bizarre is that the whole episode is about her dress, uh, like essentially, uh, with her storyline. So yeah, why does with she her-
1: even need a storyline? Like, it doesn't really prevent Peg and Al from leaving. She's just kind of there.
2: I guess it breaks up the the whole thing with Peg and Al, and also. If you notice, Steve is, is not essential to this episode either. He is like an uh, afterthought. It, it's almost as if they wrote this episode and then said, well, you know, guys, we understand that the family's the main attraction here, but you do realize that I'm, I remember interviews where Mr. Belding from Seba Bell, he would get offended when people would say to him, how, how was it working with the cast? And he was like, I, I am the cast. Mm-hmm. You know, I am one of the main people. Like You're talking to me as if I'm not really there and it's all about the kids and I just show up. He goes, "I was there every single week, every single episode. I had an essential role." You know, so it's the same thing. Like with these two, it's like, "Well, guys, you have to have so you can't just not have Marcy and Steve
3: on the show. That's their job." Oh, I just thought of of why there is one essential thing that this, this actually sets up something for season 2. Okay. Um, this, the, the, her getting a promotion and she mentions that if she gets this promotion, Steve is in line to get her old job.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay.
3: So it lines up a episode that's coming in season two.
2: Oh, good.
1: Okay.
2: I guess I'll buy that. Even though it really means nothing right now.
3: Just accept what I said.
1: <laughs> Did they know they were getting a season two? Was it already greenlit?
3: Probably. Probably, yeah. You would think how good it is.
1: Yeah. Did they, uh, We didn't talk really about that at all. I don't know if that information is out there, like if they was doing uh, ratings back then. But uh, did this show instantly, you know, be successful in the ratings, or did it take uh, you know a season or two to to get going? Do you guys know?
2: It took an event to happen, and the event was a woman complaining about the show. And it's raunchiness and sexual humor and this and that. And where it all happened, it was one woman in Wisconsin who wrote a letter. And somehow she appeared on all these talk shows and stirred up a really big thing about this show. And um, what it ended up doing was getting them colossal ratings. Like the ratings like tripled almost in the span of two weeks or so all because this lady brought so much attention to the controversial Mary with Children show. And I don't really know. i uh, I already told Jerry to make sure we both like focus on this. It's supposedly what she complained about was an episode where Kelly called a bra an over-the-shoulder boulder holder. And that was insanely offensive to her. <laughs> Meanwhile, we've already talked about things that are far more offensive than that.
3: Yeah, like a sixteen-year-old in the back seat of a car.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, like, w- w- seriously. Like, why do you care about somebody making a, a humorous uh, description of a bra? But you're okay with? Uh, I wonder if I should bed her down before, or after boxing.
3: Yeah, <laughs> or or bombing the French, which we've talked about before in this <laughs> show. Like, yeah, it's still. Stuffing a brawl is okay, but you can't mention, like, the actual job of the brawl. I don't understand that.
2: Yeah. And Kelly has a porno magazine that the mom's looking at. Like, like I, I don't get it. Like, what is the problem with that joke? So, yeah. So, this show, yeah, no, it does not pick up. Right now, this show is not very big. It is just there. It's not what it became. Right. So, we'll, we'll pinpoint when that happens. <laughs> Johnny B. Goods is
4: sure hopping tonight. Batteries work, Dad.
3: Yes, it's closing night at Johnny B. Goods. But we're having some fun, aren't we? Yeah. Now stand away from the doors. We're getting ready to let people in with numbers from 100 to 150.
0: Oh, Peg, I traded
4: for 110. What am I going to do? I'll call your friend Spike, and I'll tell him to trade with my friend Easy Edie. You know, the one that turned you down in high school? (laughs) (laughs) She's got number
3: 198. Okay, we're almost ready for the fry eating contest. Is fun, is fun, is fun. Those
0: people are morons, Dad. <laughs> you mean the batteries? I,
3: I want to say one thing because we haven't got to talk about Steve. And I want to say we need more drunk Steve because he was kind of funny when he brought the dress over when he did the throwback to the mercedes being hit by saying oh i'm gonna make him show me my show me the mercedes which i i gotta say like if they wouldn't do that how did that help marcy get a job because they would have to see that i got hit and there's a note that says buy american (laughs) and al wishes he was blind (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, man, seeing Marcy, it's weird, I
2: I never really got those jokes growing up, but for some reason, now I really share that whole thing, like there's a really funny joke coming up down the road, so people will forget about it, so I'm allowed to say it now, it won't kill anything, um, Peg, oh yeah, like there's, there's this lady who's fixing a, their refrigerator one time, and Al and Steve are oh, just staring
3: at her, that is such a good episode,
2: yeah, it, oh, that's the golden years. Like That's when people are going to be tired of me giving every single episode five out of five. And that's why I've, I've been doing it sparingly, because I know that's coming. So there's one moment where, uh, I don't know, maybe Marcy says, Peg, doesn't that uh, get you mad that that they were staring at her? So Al and Steve are sitting on the couch, and that table in front of them, Peg's at that table um cleaning something up and she goes oh please men will stare at anything so she goes at table and bends over and picks stuff up and and they both look and they just both turn their head and look somewhere else like anywhere else so no we won't stare at everything peg and i never really understood that joke until i watched it like a year ago and i was like yeah i get it
3: <laughs> yeah oh i can't wait till we get that that episode is fantastic. The the Steve and Marcy really shine in that episode.
1: Oh yeah.
2: Sounds um, fun.
3: It's great. Did anyone else feel like this was literally the fastest episode you have ever watched of Married with Children? Like it started and ended like that.
1: It really did feel very, very, very fast for me. It, and and I noticed
3: this, so but like this episode literally Starts and lasts literally twenty, like barely thirty minutes long in their real time.
2: Yeah, twenty two minutes. It's all in real time. Yeah. yeah,
3: it's like almost like one take in a movie.
2: Yeah, was there ever a di- like? I guess for commercial breaks that obviously ended, but when they came back, they were sort of doing the same thing. I think so. Yeah, when
3: I watched this, I was like, when it ended, I was like, wait, it's already over. There's no way this has been twenty minutes. Like it felt like one long. One long shot, like almost like a stage production.
2: Yeah, I didn't even think about it, but yeah. And I remember going into this, I was like, I, I remember not being too fond of this one. I was like, yeah, it's all right, I guess. It's nothing to to rewatch or anything like that. We really do notice more things when we're doing this podcast because you have to focus a little bit more and be more aware and, and it makes you appreciate things a little bit more. So I did appreciate all the writing a little bit more than I ever did before.
1: Yeah. Um, I actually uh, noticed that uh, after I was watching this one, and I really, really thought that there was so many like funny jokes, and they were just fast paced. Like some of the early episodes, we talked about how like the jokes are just boom, boom, boom. They just keep hitting like really, really rapidly. And I actually looked at um the writing credit for this episode, and it's actually the same writers who gave us "Have you driven a Ford lately?" and 16 years and what do you get which are two of my two, two of our favorite episodes
2: yeah, it is those are our favorites you know two of them anyway yep
1: <laughs> that's a record
3: so far tonight eight bags you know there used to be a guy come around here that could eat 10 bags of al the pink bundy <laughs> he wouldn't pay for him but he'd eat him well, it looks like they're going to be seeing the last group of people in about 10 minutes still be a part of history we announce that the doors are closed for the last time we want people all over Chicago to honk their horns to say goodbye to Johnny B. Goods
2: so the big uh, payoff at the end of this one I guess is just that Marcy's dress is not suitable for this interview and Alan Pegg they can't go to Johnny B. Goods so they come home and do what they always used to do when they got back which is just watch TV
3: yeah, I thought that was a cute little thing. When, when, but Bundys don't have traditions. Like I thought that I thought that was kind of adorable. Like it sucks that they, as soon as they walked out of the house, they heard all the horns honking and had to turn right back in. But they got to do what they used to do after it, and that was sit on the couch in Peg's mom's house and watch TV together. And that that's the sweet ending we get.
2: That means Al scored a point every night after he left Johnny B. Good's. <laughs>
3: He got out of sex. Holy (laughs) shit, dude, have you realized we haven't had to give a point to either one of them in like two, three episodes? Not since uh, the blonde wig incident. So it's like one time in the past, like four episodes, I think.
5: Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right.
3: Man, that's crazy.
4: No, ma'am, we'll be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Just type in www.facebook.com slash groups slash married with children podcast. Be sure to subscribe to them on iTunes and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to channels and search up married with children podcast. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast.com. At gmail.com. Thanks for checking out this review. Now, the guys are going to give their final thoughts and ratings of this week's episode.
2: All right, guys, how many bags of chug a spud do you give this episode of Married with Children, Johnny Be Gone?
1: All right, so I think that this episode is uh, decent. It doesn't have any huge moments that, you know, are new to the series. It's kind of just regular old hijinks going on um you have a little bit of morris you have a little bit of steve but i think this episode is deceptively funny this might be an episode like alex said that you might look at and be like oh what you know that one doesn't seem too significant but then once you start watching it there are a lot of funny moments in it so i I thought that it was extremely funny i laughed out loud a few times while watching it which is always a huge plus when i watch this show and uh, I'm, i'm gonna go with uh because it didn't have too many significant moments, I'm, I'm going to stay at uh, around a three out of five bags of Chugga Spuds.
2: <laughs> right. That sounds like a good answer. Uh, Jerry, how about you? How many bags of Chugga Spuds you getting down for this episode?
3: I had a really hard time with this because I almost kept like trying to justify a reason to give it five. And I don't know why, like, I don't know if it was because of the season finale or if it's because I read it. And so I was like, oh, well, Al is sacrificing for his kids. This is really important. It shows him being a good father. But then I was like, he's only sacrificed because he's getting guilt tripped by Peggy and he really just wants to go out. But then I was like, oh, but he wants to go out because that's it's a special event for him and Peggy. This is very important to him, but they never make that. And so that's not really there. And then I was like. Oh, but they never make that because they're married with children. It's literally like dropping the name of the show without actually dropping the name of the show like they did with the with the uh, stewardess. Um, <laughs> like, I just kept trying to find a reason to give it five, but I, I just can't. Nothing – there's a lot of hints of significance, but nothing actually lands. Uh, we talked about this not feeling like a season finale, and I, I – I think it's right. This would have been better in the if they would have switched place with this one in 16 years because this one had great writing, jokes after jokes after jokes. It went by super fast because of how funny it was, um, very fast and furious. I laughed constantly. Um, every time I took a breath, it was another good joke. So I have to give it a four out of five for the writing. I think the writing on this episode was Amazing. So four out of five bags of Chugga Spud French Fries from Johnny B. Goods.
2: Nice. Uh, I'm going to land right between both of you guys, and uh, I'm going to say 3.5. You know, uh, you both, me talking right now is pointless because you both really pretty much rounded out exactly everything, every aspect of why it would get the rating I'm giving it. Uh, if I'm going to say anything extra, um, I thought Al had a few hints of what he will become in this episode. He seemed not as much of like a grumpy dad and stuff like that. He seemed like he was getting into that, uh, you know, how he's going to be eventually like a, uh, not a sad sap or whatever, but like, you know, he just didn't have that same like sternness and he, he seemed to have more of a sense of humor about himself so that was good. So he's like he's, he's like slowly becoming what he will become, but he's not even near there yet. But it was cool to see little signs of that. Uh, it was nice to see Kelly get a little bit more screen time in a regular episode. It was uh, weird crowbarring Marcy into there as the B story. Uh, it's whatever, you know, fondling a fish. I mean, I guess they couldn't think of anything else to do with her. I, it's just really weird. There's like a lot of weird things that way, you know, and... And Al not really genuinely caring seems like the right character, trait for him, but, well then why are you staying home if if you don't really care? You know, like there's episodes where he says, I have kids in here, or out there, or somewhere, you know, when Steve says, Al, I'm horny and I've been a buffalo. So, I'm not really sure what we're supposed to take from it, you know, in that way, so just for all those kinds of weird reasons, and then they wrap it up with, like, a sentimental thing of sitting on the couch and watching TV, and it was a great ending shot. I mean, them looking at the screen, you know, at us, with the remote control, It's a great end. Yeah, it was. Yeah, but I don't know. There's, like, something incomplete or missing or something, but there are a bunch of great one-liners, you know? Like, so it's very it's very hard for me to really encapsulate the entire episode it just seems so weird. But, yeah, 3.5. So, I'm in the middle of liked it and really liked it. I'm just 3.5. So,
3: that's my rating. You know, you brought up a good point, though. Like, throughout season one, there's a lot of um, Al saying things to show that he doesn't care, but then he has the actions of doing things that shows he truly does care about, like his wife and family. Right. Like, that, like... This episode kind of like constantly shows that, but it made me think I can pick out like a couple of times where in this season he's done, you know, he said like what he said to Steve, oh yeah, they're somewhere, but then he's done something very good for like his child or like for Peggy or something like that.
2: Well, that that shows deep down he really does love them or whatever, but yet when they're really in distress, he just, he's doing it, just because he's not, he doesn't really care. But it's weird because they're missing out on something that's sort of significant, so that is showing that they do care. Oh, I wouldn't be here if I didn't care. It was almost that simple. Instead of seemingly, like, having a... He didn't seem to have a genuine interest in helping them while he was sacrificing something big to do it. So it, it, that's how I mean. Like, it's just something is not gelling here, and I don't know what it is. And, and that's the only reason I don't think it's really that great. Because something doesn't gel here. And I, I just can't put the pieces together. So, Alright guys, well, uh, you know, the nudie bar is uh, closing for the night. But before we get out of here, guys, so we have made it all the way through season one. Thank you so much for taking this journey with us. That's the end. No, I'm just kidding. No, we have uh, ten more seasons to go. Uh, <laughs> but uh, what we're going to do is we... We told you guys that we were gonna. We gave a calendar and how every show would land on on every Friday and what season you'll be in at this point of the year, that the year, and this that the other thing. But we actually decided to implement something a little different. Um, We feel that for every time we wrap up a season of Married with Children, that we should have a season wrap-up show, and uh, you know, one of our good friends and uh, longtime listeners. Um, If you consider 13 weeks a long time, Joey from Death by Podcast, which recommend
1: they have a really cool logo for their podcast thing. Just thought I'd throw that out there.
2: Yeah, they do. It's a great show, too. These guys are really cool. They're laid back and they know their stuff. And uh, so he said one of the things he knew was that, you know, uh, we should have uh, a female perspective once in a while on this show because it's so it's so uh, diverse that way that it'd be interesting to hear a female's point of view.
1: Yeah, we tried just getting Jerry on the show to cover that, but apparently that's not good enough for you people out there.
3: <laughs> I know. I thought me here representing Steve was as close as you people would need, but no, we have to get an actual female. You care about chromosomes, jerks. Oh uh, no! What was the joke? Uh, Al Al said. Oh, yeah, to Marcy, since Steve is the closest thing
2: to a man that you have. <laughs> like, that's so great. No, I'm just kidding. No, Jerry, you are a real man. Seriously, bro. So Thanks, uh, Dad. Yeah. Oh, your dad never said that to you? My dad doesn't say anything, to
3: Jimmy. <laughs> oh,
2: okay. uh, yeah, he suggested that we have a female point of view, so we have a big surprise. As you know, my sister and I were sort of like the real-life Bud and Kelly Bundy. We have a lot of similarities of things they did, this, that, the other thing. So my sister is huge into Married with Children. Like I said, she loves the show, and uh, she listens to this show every week. And she has agreed to come on and join us for our Season 1 wrap-up show. So it's going to be the three of us and my sister Jen, and it's going to be a great time. We're going to kind of just... Do broad strokes, talk about the season as a whole, major events, characters, uh, the funniest moments, you know, the craziest moments, the best episodes. We're all going to give our top three favorite episode of the season. All that great stuff. It's going to be like a fun award show, you know what I mean? Sort of. But it's just going to be a great time. And, uh, guys, we would love for you to tell us what you think. So, uh, you all have smartphones. Go to the voice memo thing. And record yourself. Try to make it just one minute. Because, you know, we have a lot to get to. And if a lot of people do this, it could go on forever. But try to keep it short. Record yourself saying what you think of the first season real fast. And then give your top three episodes what you think are the best ones. Whatever. And submit it to us. Email it to us. You know, Jamie tells you every week on the show what our email is. So submit that and we'll play it on the show. And you could be part of the Season 1 wrap-up. You know, just be involved that way, and it'll be fun. We're going to have something on Facebook, on our group page. We're going to have a poll, and all you guys are going to vote on your favorite episode of the season, and we're going to discuss your votes and things like that. It's going to be a great time. So uh, make sure you check that out on the next episode. But it is time to get
3: out of here, right, guys? First of all, I want to talk to the owner of the Jiggly Bar, Jiggly Room. I need, I need, I, uh, I believe me and Justin both deserve to talk to him but two i I, we gotta relook at my contract you want extension uh yeah yeah. and i want uh a
1: little bit more money i don't know if jerry wants more money or not
2: i pay you in singles
1: yeah i know and it's nice for the jiggly room but i just i you can pay me in more singles uh jerry how do you feel about your pay
3: you know i don't mind the pay but just quit calling me a lady (laughs)
2: <laughs> well in all fairness i didn't do that
3: yeah off, you to, off yeah you have to take that up with justin on mike you don't do that on mike is fine it's for the show but you keep calling me mrs herring every time i get here like to, to set up mrs herring i'm not a woman
2: well at least i slip a dollar down your g-string
3: oh now it's, it's nice because of g-string. what i'm wearing okay it is i, I pay a lot of money <laughs> for that g-string Okay. I got it at a Kmart
2: <laughs> alright Jerry I'll, I'll definitely set up a meeting between you and the owner of the Jiggly Room absolutely guys have a great one see you next Friday
3: goodbye can I get a WooBundy